Hello, fellow travelers, and thank you for listening to the Unbroken Ground again. Um, this is Paul. As uh, I hope that this is hope not your first time to join us, but it is. I thank you for that. Uh, and if it is not, then you are here for another fantastic uh, episode uh, this week. Continue talking a little bit about um, unity and community and and what that that means and what that looks like for for us as Christians and just for the body of Christ. Uh, so kind of getting towards the end of that, I think. But uh, I just study about it, think about it, pray about it every week about what to talk about. So you never know. Um, this episode is going to be anybody, question mark, anybody. Uh, and um, yeah, so we're just going to kind of talk about what Paul talks about and what how the church is made up um, and and what that means and what that looks like for how we might live out our lives and yeah so hope that uh, you will find a blessing in that and that you will uh, be able to push deeper into uh, who um, you God is calling you to be uh, so let's jump in So yeah, there it is. The the uh, continue the, the topic on um, what it means to be unified, what it means to be unified, what it means to have unity rather than uniformity. Um, and I really want to move over into the idea of community, um, which I think is um, something that's that today's world just misses so much because we all long for it. We all desire to live in a a community um, that will be a part of who we are, that will <clears throat> be be a part of um, our lives, that will, when we need support, support us, that we get to to also build into, that we get to be a part of. And with the, the way that um, the world is changing and has changed in this kind of digital age, there is a um, a continuing drifting away from from your community. Uh, the, you have more people that that um, move, uh, leave. They don't stay where they near where they grew up. They they have opportunities to move across the country. Um, they have they have opportunity to work remote. They have, and so you you don't have like this, this community that you kind of grow up with anymore. You you don't you know you have some people, but uh, it, it's definitely been a shift from where you where you grew up um and that was kind of your community that was your town that you knew that's where you were going to um spend your time even if you went away to college and even that you know has really expanded uh you you can go you can leave your uh place where you grew up and you can go into other places and um and and there's also been this shift from a lot of um rural people but moving to bigger cities, uh, moving away from living in the smaller towns, living in the country. And so part of that then has just been the natural progression um, of the American people, the country, uh, to move away from this kind of localized community where you know everybody and everybody knows you um, or or a little community inside of a larger community so like if you live in a larger town um, a lot of times you have 
um, these smaller communities that exist, uh, these neighborhoods that exist, and you know everybody in your neighborhood. If you if not like, and that becomes your kind of small town. That becomes your who where where you go and who you know. Um, and so it as as we move away from that, we actually become less and less connected. Um, and it seems um, paradoxical because with uh, the the cell phone and the the mobile internet and the mobile connection, we actually are digitally more connected than than we've ever been before. And yet, uh, study after study shows that people feel more alone, they feel more isolated, they feel more distant, uh, they they feel disconnected. Um, and I think that even within the church, that that is true, um, and maybe more so because the the church is. Um, not uh, as as I've talked about in previous podcasts, it, it's not great at building unity. It's not great at building a, a community um, because it it is it is focused um, often. Most churches, uh, majority of the churches, if you look at where their resources, their time, their money, um, their thoughts, their their efforts, most churches are built to attract people. Uh, to come like on a Sunday morning and hope that they will then find a connection and, and help to build community. Uh, but most churches are, are, most churches I think struggle um, with finding ways to, to build community. And sometimes it's, it's because um, those things are, are not easy to do. Um, and so they look for, um, the things that they can do. And so, and, and, and granted, I think that churches are not responsible in all ways for all things. And so there are going to be some churches that simply are going to say, well, we're, we're not the place where you will find community. If you want to, to seek that out, you can find that, um, by, by, you know, talking to people, inviting people to church, uh, going around your own neighborhood, um, all those things, but they, they, but they rarely, um, have a good program on how to build community. And part of it is, is you can't force it. You can't, you can't reproduce it. You can't create it. And so because of that, it's harder to measure. And a lot of people just don't do it. They, they don't do it because, um, you can't measure it. You can't, you can't reflect back on it. You can't show. And so if you can't measure something, if you can't show the progress that you've made with something, then generally, um, that's going to go by the way, wayside. Cause you, cause it's hard to, to celebrate that. And, and we do what we will celebrate. And so, so all churches, all people, um, all companies, all groups of people will always do what's celebrated. And so the things that we, that we celebrate and that we, that we reward um, are going to be the things that, that people do, that people are going to gravitate to because they, uh, we all are driven by um, this need to belong. And one of those needs is, is, is part of that is to cel- be celebrated. And so when we serve uh, in places that um, the church is like, oh, we need people like, for example, like children's ministry, uh, we need people there. And so we celebrate when people serve there and we, we talk about how and they, and they should be and they should be celebrated. I'm not saying we shouldn't celebrate, but, but when we focus on that, um, because it is, it's needed. Um, again, not saying it's not needed, but, but that is one of the things we celebrate. And that's why you see a lot of people moving towards that. You see a lot of like Awana programs that, that get developed. You see, um, because 
theologically, um, we want to see children know who God is. And we also know statistically that believers are going to, um, those that that are going to make a decision, make their decision uh, generally before the age of 18, sometimes even before the age of 15. So we know that, that it's essential that we get the message of who Jesus is to children, to, to kids. Um, and so whether that be uh, helping our families, um, mom and dads, um, whether that be um, having great children's programs where we are we are teaching kids, uh, we, we know that it's, it is um, a calling and it is one of the things I think that that as Christians, we are definitely taught to do is is to teach people what it means to to, to know, understand, follow, believe, and and live for Christ. Um, but I also think that that is um, one of the things where we fall off because we we focus so much on on children because we uh, it's hard because that's that is um, an easier uh, demographic. And so we know that that is um, a very important aspect, but also we we are also called to minister to adults, um, but often we're not sure how to do that because adults are are less compliant. They are um, stubborn. Uh, they they some of them are set in their ways. And again, I think that um, what you see is that that by and large, you see more people, more young people, um, children and youth, and especially things like youth camp and vacation Bible school, making decisions and, and suddenly um, our eyes kind of get get drawn to that. It, 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 it illuminates this idea that where we're seeing success is what we should do more of. And that's that's kind of like a uh, very American understanding of how to do church. It's how we do business. Like if, if we see something that's successful and we can record and report that, then we're going to continue to do that. Um, and because we're able to continue to do that, then what we do is we, we move our resources away uh, from the things that are not as successful. That's, again, a key business practice. If, you're, if you have some part of your business that it costs more to run and, and you're not getting results from it, you move your, your, your resources to that which works. And so by and far, um, especially through my generation, um, we moved the... Uh, the resources down. Uh, we we hired uh, people to do youth ministry and children's ministry, and and it became one of the key things that we were going to minister to kids, especially because we understood that if kids didn't have a family that had a faith background or a faith understanding or followed Jesus, then then they were missing out on an opportunity to hear and learn about Jesus. So one of those things then that gets dropped. When we do that is that idea of building community with adults uh, because again there is there isn't uh, as much focus there and and also we're kind of like well that's the adult's responsibility um, but the and and even more so um, you began to see in especially my generation I think maybe maybe a little bit older than me but um, you began to see this kind of trend that 
people would go back to church because they had kids and they're like, uh, my kids need to grow up in church too. Um, and, and a big, uh, issue with that, and I've talked about that in other podcasts, so I'm not going to veer too far off into that, is the understanding of that that salvation is simply um, something that happens to you after you're, you die, um, or, or in the big moments that you need prayer, uh, that you need to, to reach out. And so, um, so it is, it, it is not something that changes every aspect of your life that that fills into every part of who you are um and and so it becomes like oh well yeah we have kids i guess we should go back to church now and for some people going back to church can even cause a loss of community because they stop doing some of the things that their friends were doing or that they've been doing and they and they because they've got to give up get up on uh <laughs> they've got to give up some of those things because they got to get up on Sunday morning they can't stay out till two or three o'clock in the morning on Saturday night if and still make it and still be functioning and 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 so there's there is even the, this idea that coming back to church may even cause you to lose community and so, um, so I want to go and come back a little bit from that. That's a that's a bit of a rabbit trail, but that's okay. Um, you're used to those if you listen to me um, <laughs> more than once. Um, so to come back to this idea, the the idea of community is actually a very um, vulnerable idea in the because it requires us to depend upon one another. And the vulnerability then is that we might be let down or we might let someone else down. And so a lot of times, um, again, because we, we, we live in an American culture or society that values, worships, honors independence rather than dependence, um, we, we don't know the best way to to do this. We don't know what it means or why, what, what, why we have to be dependent. We, we generally have backup plans. Um, and we don't, we even miss out, I think a lot of times on the blessings of God, because we, we aren't dependent. We aren't, um, resting in him. We are, we, we are taking care of all the things that we can take care of and trying to check all of the boxes and trying to make sure that we are in control of all the things that we need to be in control of. And, and if, as long as we can do that, then, then anything outside of our hands, then we can hand to God. And, and you see this a lot of times in our modern culture, when you see people only turning to God, when they're at the very rock bottom of life, um, you know, if cancer shows up, uh, they lose a loved one, they lose a child, their, their child gets sick. Um, those, those type of things drive us to this, this dependence because there's, there's nothing when we, when we get to the end of our rope and we go, there's nothing we can do, then that's where we learn dependence. But part of the dependence, the reason we, we're not good at it is because we're not good at community. Um, we're not good at leaning on one another. In fact, in America, we've really, we, again, we've made it into, we've made independence. Um, the, this this uh, mythical idea that you can carry your own self, that you can 
drag yourself up by your own bootstrap, that you don't need anybody's help, that that um, that you shouldn't take any kind of handout because you can only you only should take what you deserve and 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 you don't want to be a burden on anybody else. I mean, all of that is wrapped up in this mythos of of what it means to be an American and to and and we and 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 conservative a lot too to <clears throat> Christian even to say we think that if you are making uh, choices that cause you to be dependent, then there's even an ethical issue here. You're 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 not you're not uh, planning well. You're not you're not you're not doing what you should do. Uh, proverbs and and wisdom and all those things and and um, and it just it's harder to find that type of language. Um, it's there. There's some things that talk about the idea that you want to try to take care of what you can take care of. But there's actually more language where it's like you, you, we love one another, we support one another, we, we, we bear each other's burdens, we, we live for each other, we, we become one, as as the Father and the Son and the Spirit are one. We, we reflect that unity, and if we are one, then we take care of each other's needs, and we, and we don't think poorly when when somebody has um, a need that 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 they could uh, be shared, that that we could a burden that we could lift up. Um, we, we, but unfortunately we, we have learned as a culture, we've culturally and just ingrained it into ourselves, um, that we shouldn't inconvenience anyone. We shouldn't burden anyone. And to be a burden is actually, um, one of the, one of the worst things that you can do. Take, for example, the idea of giving money to, um, somebody standing on a street holding a sign, um, there is a distinct hesitation by Christians um, because they begin to think, well, should this person have a job? Uh, should this person be able to make money? What's wrong with them? Why don't, why, why don't they have a job? And, and, then, and then if you get past that, you go, okay, obviously they don't. They're, they're having, they've gone through some difficult times. I don't know what those are because I, I didn't spend time to find out. Um, if I give them money, will they just go spend it on alcohol and drugs? Um, will they waste it? Um, because what what good is it to give give this money if that person's just going to waste it? And um, and and I and and again, and that's not to uh, minimize or diminish the fact that people like that homeless and and those who stand on the the street holding a sign need care. Um, it's not to diminish that they um, that that there needs to be a robust system of community that lifts those people up. Um, but just just the interruption of someone saying, "I." don't have it all together, I can't get it all together, I need your help, causes us to kind of even go into an, a, to a crisis. We begin to go, well, I don't know. Should I, should I, should I give money to this person? Um, is that, and is, what would God, what would Jesus do? And, and Jesus didn't give money to every uh, poor person along the road. Um, he didn't give money. He didn't heal every beggar. There were, I mean, he did a lot. He did uh, as much as he could, um, and and still stay on task with with all the things he was going to do. But 
um, I do think that that he never had the same issue of thinking, what's wrong with this person? What's why is this person a beggar? Why is this person the the way that they are? He he that's never his question. That's that's never his question. Um, you know, he he often just says, "What do you want? What do you want?" And um, and then he gives it to them. He heals them. He doesn't withhold the gift. In Acts four. Um, as the disciples are learning what it means to create a new community because they've been kicked out of their own, it says that that people would just come and and when when they had a they, when they had abundance, they would give when they had needs, they would ask and it would be given to them they would they would take care of each other. Because they were in common, they were all had in common that they were following Jesus, and that actually was an interruption in their lives. It caused an interruption so much so that they were being um, kicked out of their families, they were being kicked out of their communities, and so they be- they became together, and they they realized that whatever they had, whatever they owned, wasn't theirs; it was God's. And and you even see see that. Um, in, in the idea of like, um, if one person had a field, they went and sold it and gave it to the disciples so the disciples could give it to the poor, so the disciples could give it to those in need. Um, possibly they became, in the next cycle, the people who were in need because they no longer had their field. And so they would also receive th- from the generosity of someone else. But our culture, our, our church culture even, is so skeptical of that. Is so skeptical um, that that when we have burdens, financial, medical, any of the above, we the church is the last place that we would go. It's the last place people would go, and if they did go. They would go with shame, their hat in their hand, to ask because they're at the end of the rope and they have no other, no other recourse than they would ask the church. And how different is that than than the early church? How how different is that? Like then then when 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 they have this idea of like, we're all together and common in unity, we're serving God. And so if we need money, somebody who has money will give money. And if you don't have money, then you take from the, 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 uh, the balance of the money that other people have given so that you can have things taken care of. But we are conditioned to, to just, to, to be independent, to be, um, self, uh, just self-reliant. Um, we're not conditioned to helping one another or asking for help. And, and so a lot of that is then why we don't have community because we don't depend upon each other. Um, we, 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 we feel like we're inconveniencing people. 
if, if you just think about this, just think about this. If you, um, if you had a problem you couldn't solve on your own, financial, uh, physical, maybe you got to move, maybe you've got to um, uh, repair your house, uh, fix your car, um, and, and you want to do it. I mean, that's got some financial, but just like you've, you've, you need to do some work. You know, there's a tree that falls down. You want to cut it up. Who are you comfortable to ask for help? Who who would you ask for help? Um, and do they go to your church? Are they in a small group with you? Are they part of your community? Or is it no one? I mean, I mean, imagine. Imagine if you had a burden, a financial burden, and you, and you had, and you had no other recourse. You had to go sit down with your pastor and say, "Hey, this is not, you know, I've done my best. I've done what I feel like God's led me to do. I'm, I'm, I'm working where I'm supposed to be working. I'm spending money. I'm saving." I'm, I'm only spending what I have to. I'm saving wherever I can. And yet, this month, I'm just not going to make ends meet. Could you do that? Would you do that? Would you be able to put down your pride? Let go of your pride. Humble yourself and do that? And, and would, your, would your pastor be able to help? What would your pastor say? What would your what would the youth minister say? What would your staff say if you came and you said, "Hey, I <laughs> I just need some help." We are so hungry for community. And yet we spend most of our time learning how to be independent. We spend most of our time learning how to be self-reliant. And yet if you read about Jesus, Jesus was always, always saying, come follow me. Take on my yoke. Don't be independent. Be reliant upon me. Don't be self-reliant. Be reliant upon your father, the good father. He says in, in, in his word, he says, if, if I as a good father, if you as a good father, if you as a human father knows that if your child asks you for bread, you don't give them a stone, or if your child asks you for a fish, you don't give them a snake, and you are, are an earthly fathers who, who are sinful and, and, don't, and are not 100% righteous and holy, and he goes, but your heavenly father knows what you need. How much more, how much better will he take care of you? But one of the things that we do when we when we live so far into self-reliance, when we live so far beyond what it is that God calls us for, when we just say, oh, I'm going to do it all my, myself, I'm doing it on my own, we miss out on that blessing. You know, there's a huge difference between what we want and what we need. There's a huge difference between what we think we want, what we think we might need, and what we actually need. 
And, and we live in a culture that actually just, just continues to push that gap. You need the, the latest car. You need the latest phone. You need, a, you need faster and faster internet. And you need this service or that service. So you need this food or that food or this gadget. Or, and, and often they're nice. It's nice to have that stuff. It's nice to have the latest phone or the latest car. It's nice to have those things. But it's actually not what we need. Oftentimes, it's what distracts us that unending chase to get that what we don't need to impress the people who don't care. And so our call then is to make our way back to finding community in the body of Christ, to find common unity, not uniformity, not, not everybody's going to do the same thing. We're all going to wear the same clothes. We're all going to look the same. And we're all going to think the same. We're all going to even believe the very exact thing about all the very exact parts of scripture and theology that exist. Not uniformity, but, but unity. And then when we, when we gather as a group of people who have a common unity, when we when we say i'm i am for them i am with them they are my people they are they are my tribe then then we have this community and community is one of the ways that we live out what it means to follow jesus because in 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 his in his teaching he prays he, he, he tells the disciples, they'll know that you're my followers by the way that you love one another. They'll know that you follow me because of the love that they see you have for your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. They won't know because you go to a certain church or because you carry your Bible with you or because you have a, a, a cross or a fish on the back of your car or if that you have a cool tattoo with a Bible verse. None of that, none of that will ultimately reveal what loving one another will do. Jesus Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. We're, we're to follow after Jesus. We're supposed to do what he tells us to do. But he says that the overwhelming, the overwhelming picture of what it means to be a follower of Jesus will be, do you love each other? Do you care for each other? Do you bear each other's burdens? Do you, do you, do you, do you reach out? Do you build up? Do you encourage? Do you lift up? Do you care? Do you do you even want to be a part of that? We're so busy. We're so busy building our kingdoms. Do we miss out on building God's? And how much more could we build if we built in community with each other? We spend so much time, so much time, so much of my life I, I have watched 
pastors and leaders, denominations and religious leaders and, and churches fight over who is right about the most small differences in Scripture. Because to be right was the ultimate goal. Because if you were right, everyone else was wrong. But I don't know that I've seen pastor after pastor and church leader after church leader and, and denomination after denomination go, you know what? I don't know who's right on this. There's a, there's, there's a lot of things to think about. There's a lot of things that, that, that are going on here. But I'm, I want to tell me how I can care for you. Tell me how I can lift your burdens. Tell me how I can love you. Tell me how I can sacrificially live so I can lift you up so that when I need you, when I need you to sacrificially live so you can lift me up, you're ready. Because, because we do it for each other, because we love each other, not because we owe each other or, or because you know, we, we, it, it exists. And we know that, that God moves in, in, in all of these many varied ways throughout history through people in different places in different ways and and yet we we try to to narrow him down into a box and 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 to define him so that we can be comfortable with him and he's just he just doesn't fit it doesn't fit and and it may be that he may not fit because he only fits within a kingdom that's made up of very diverse communities each one representing one aspect of what God is, who God is. Each one uniquely representing. And thus being able to present the world a picture of just a part of who God is. We get so militant about who can be in and who can be out. That... We, we raise the bar and and one of those is is that you got to be good with your finances and it's unfortunate if you if you face some uh, struggle uh, that you can't take care of because it's too big and and you don't have a community that that will rise up beside you you can ask there's some places that do I think we ought to admit that there's some places that that hear that call and, and they they do live that out but the places I've been the places the things I see the people I talk to it's hard it's hard because we see those people as sinners or um, beyond the help Or people who who are abuse the system, and we get so mad that that government has taken over to to create what they what we call um, derisively the the welfare state. But part of that's because the church wasn't doing what Christ said it should do. We weren't taking care of one another. We weren't taking care of the poor, and so we've we've. We've abdicated. We've said, oh, the government does that. 
we don't have to. There's only so much money anyway. As though God was somehow limited by a bank account balance. Well, you know, we just don't have the budget to do that kind of thing. Maybe that's because God only gives to those who will go above and beyond and give more budgets and more balances and more funds. And when we, when we look at the budget and go, nope, we just don't have it. God says, well, you, you, you've got what you got. I'm not going to give you more. So what, is, what does this mean? What do, we, what, do, what do we do with this? What do, where do we go from here? And I think that is, um, yeah, that is the question. And I think for me, maybe for you too, is to think about how I can get involved and be part of a community and to be more about community, building it, building others up, building people in, asking people in to my life so that they can be part of my life and understand who I am. And I can be part of theirs and I can share in their burdens and they can share in mine and we can lift one another up and we have that community to ask God just to open our eyes to where he has, has a place for us, where we need to be, where we need to serve, where we need to live, where we need to to reach out beyond just being tired and, and being busy and reach out and say, how, I want to get to know you. I want you to be part of my community. You're part of my tribe. You're part of my people. I want us to have unity, not uniformity, but unity that says we are moving together, moving the kingdom forward together in Christ's name, in Jesus's name for his glory. And, and people will know they will know we're his followers because we love one another. Because we love one another, they'll know and they'll see and they'll, 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 they'll know that they're missing out on that, which they didn't know they were missing, but suddenly they'll see that they're missing out on this community and they'll want that and they'll want to know how. How do I be a part of that? And the door is Jesus. And he's waiting. He's ready. May we be those type of people. That adults, not just kids, not just teens, not just people at camp. But adults would see. And suddenly their hearts would be lit on fire. And they'd want to be part of what we are and what we have. That's my prayer for myself. That's my prayer for you that you would be a city on a hill, that they would know you follow Jesus because of your love, and that they would be so amazed by that that they'd want to know why, and they'd want to know how, and they would join in the kingdom work. They'd want to know who Jesus was and why it meant that you would live in such a way as to care so deeply for for people that aren't your family, that for people that that aren't your blood, they're just they're brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we're called to love. That's the prayer. Hope that you are uh, having a great week, wherever you might, starting your week or finding your end of the week. Um, as always, you can reach out 
uh, to uh, find me on Facebook, uh, Facebook forward slash uh, The Unbroken Ground. You can find, uh, you can email at theunbrokenground at gmail.com or always find me on Instagram, uh, Unbroken Ground. Um, those would be great ways to connect. If you have questions or thoughts or want to uh, just share your story, um, reach out to me that way. I pray that uh, God will show you this week how you can be part of a, uh, building a great community and moving his kingdom forward. Be blessed. <laughs>